Hi everyone, welcome to episode 8 of Beer and Bants. My name's Chris. My name's James. Uh, and we'll, again, as per usual, we'll just get straight into it, shall we? So, uh, tried and tested this week is from Sharp's Brewery, which is an amber ale called Doombar. Now, anybody who's gone to any kind of... Any pub that... Any pub. Like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much any pub that does, like, craft beer on the handful or anything like that uh, would have come across Doombar. It's a... Uh, it's called an amber ale, but it look has very much a bitter look to it. What do you reckon, James? Yeah, no, I I think bitter look. It is a kind of darker uh, color, yeah, um, than your standard amber ale. Um, Slightly nutty think... color, I reckon. Okay, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, and I think it is one of those where I think it is more of a bitter. I would definitely count it as towards one of those standard bitters that you find in a yeah. In a so, well, I'll let you have a. Bit of a swig first while I go look through the blurb on what the beer is saying. So, at the mouth of the Camel Estuary in the Rock Cornwall lies the treacherous Doombar Sandbank. It's the inspiration for this balanced and moorish amber ale. I mean, don't just love a proper cheese introduction. Yeah, that is. I don't taste camel. I'm, I'm going to tell you that from the start. <laughs> uh. Uh, so, we have a spicy <laughs> resinous hop and sweet roasted malts. What are you laughing at? No, I'm just... <laughs> Sorry, the whole camel fair. I don't know, I'm laughing yeah, at it is weird. Somebody's got to. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Spicy, resinous hops, sweet, roasted sweet malt, balanced, succulent, dried fruit, and lightly roasted malt. But there's a lot of malt in the uh, description there. And to be fair, I, I think malt is, is, is a good... Uh, a good point for them to make, because it is, it is very malty, but... Um, I think it's a very, very light taste overall. It's not that harsh, not too overstated. You know, I think it's very much in the mid uh, in terms of taste. You, you know, know it's jo- not... well, joking aside, I was trying to place what taste I could probably pick up the most out of all the flavours in there. And it malt probably is the best description for it. I know I was yeah. joking about the fact that the there's... Malt mentioned every other word on the, the back of the bottle. You know, that, I mean, that's why I said malt, malt was definitely, <laughs> definitely the right word for them to pick. Um, but yeah, it's not too harsh. It's not too kind of harsher starting taste or after taste. It is very much just, yeah. Just I, I, think it's, the, uh, I think it's got a slightly uh, fuller body to like Atlantic, um, which is another popular one of theirs. Um, it's still got that drinkable all day aspect to it. Yeah, yeah. But then I think the Atlantic bit... has has a much hoppier aftertaste, I yeah, think. Yeah. I, that's, I, that's where you get with the Atlantic. I, I love Atlantic and Doombar, to be fair. I'm probably more of the air on the side of Atlantic over Doombar, personally. But I think you're probably the other way around, aren't you? Um, no, I, it depends. So Doom, I would say, I, I I prefer on draft from the point. Atlantic, though, I probably prefer in a bottle than on draft. Okay. Yeah, um, for me, Doombar, it's a nice bit, but I associate Doombar with a bit more winter. Atlantic yeah. Summer. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I like like you. We treat it more as a like bitter type of thing, like yeah, probably yeah. ambrails. So it is definitely more of a winter drink. So, um, but yeah, I, I am a fan. It's not too bad. Yeah. Not really much else to say. And that's the reason I had to try and test, isn't it? Um, mm. Right. Well, thank you everyone for uh, for the patience with the episodes. Obviously, there isn't lockdown going on at the moment, which has made things slightly awkward. So we're using a couple of different systems so we can actually see each other for a start and also talk to each other and record it so there's there's been a few experimentations to try yeah. and get it uh, balanced and 
working. We are, we are keeping two meters apart. That's the important thing. <laughs> I think it's more than two meters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, we are trying our best to get as much content out as possible. But as everyone is aware, it is a awkward situation for everybody globally at the moment. So we are trying our best, and hopefully the same quality on this isn't too bad. Otherwise, we'll have to do it all over again, James. So, <laughs> oh, we'll have to drink more beer. What a shame! What it's a shame! Hard it's a tough life. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. So um, that brings us into the uh, current scenario of things. Um, hopefully, everyone's staying safe and following all the guidelines and everything. Uh, but I think one thing that you particularly wanted to touch on as well was um, about supporting local businesses during this period, James. Yeah, definitely. I think it's one of those where I think everybody's noticed if you try and go for a big shop over here, you try and go to Sainsbury's or Tesco's, there are many different suppliers of food. Uh, Not a single one branded or sponsored. (laughs) Um, The queues are insane. I mean, there was about 200 people queuing outside Sainsbury's today, I think, when I was out and about. Well, actually, um, were you pointing at that? Because you're working, having to work from home at the moment. I'm a key worker, so I'm still having to go out at the moment. Um, And I drove past uh, my local Sainsbury's on the way back um, on Friday after work. Yeah, and the queue I have never seen anything like it. It was like a game of snake on an old. Night. Yeah, it, it's that, going it up and down the car park, yeah. and it's like four or five laps of the car park. It's ridiculous. I've I've never um, seen anything like it in my life. Um, and I think what what I think is important is then you you carry on driving for about five minutes. You go to a local one stop or uh, a local co op short shop or butchers something like that. There might be two people in there, but generally speaking, you can get in, get some good quality produce relatively safely relatively cheaply and it's not completely full of people oh, for, um, for me one stop and co-op uh, they're a little bit easier but they are still like major chains i mean for me i personally am trying to support as many independents as possible uh, yeah we both i think... went to um a butcher's that was local yeah, to us, you know, yeah. make sure that they're getting the money over yeah i think if you've got butchers or local like grocery stores or something like that like um fruit and veg places that, yeah. that's great and you should definitely go there i think the problem is from where we are that there there isn't really like many there's no real local bakery to us in the grand scheme of things no. there's no real local shops and and even some of the smaller like supermarket places that aren't branded they just don't have as much stuff and that that's the reason you go to some of the branded places like co-op or something like that you, oh yeah you do you get everything you need at the end of the day you get the essentials um but uh, you know the most important thing that is we all ride this through together. We try and stay home as much as possible. Obviously, some of us will still have to leave either through work or going to get um, supplies. But as long as we stick to this, the sooner we can get over and done with yeah. and get back to normality, hopefully. Um, if you do have any local businesses, though, make sure that you really prioritise them over going somewhere like the same for the Tesco. Because let's face it, your queue's going to be a lot shorter. Yes, you may pay a little bit more, but the quality's going to be better anyway. So yeah. why not help someone who's... I will say mo- most of them are really good as well, like really accommodating. I would say like the, the butchers near us, you can ring up and give them an order and they will get it ready for you so you can just walk in, pay and go out. And they try and like have that kind of collection service and try and make it as speedy as possible. I think for me, what's insane during all of this is how much people panic panic buying. But even then, I the fact that I was going past the, a park and there was so many people just in the park. And I'm like, the thing is, I... I've been trying to go out, especially because it's been such good weather, which I know makes it really hard for people to stay in cooped in a house. But the, the fact is, you've got a garden, use that. 
you can still go for a walk. That's the thing. I, I go for a walk. I, I never went near any person. I could just see loads of large groups of people going in parks and stuff. And I'm just like, you don't need to stop. And I think that's something that really there. frustrates me, if I'm honest. It's like anybody you're trying to get out because you're trying to clear your head and keep yourself as positive as possible. Yeah. When people are breaking these rules, all they're going to do is make it longer for the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the very isolation they're getting bored of, they're just going to end up having to yeah, stay it, for an it, extra this month could be, or so. If everyone actually just stuck to the rules for a bit, we could get, probably get this done and dusted in three or four weeks. If people yeah. keep on like breaking it over, it's going to be like seven, eight. And then all it does is make it worse for everybody involved. Uh, um, that's my personal moan about it. But, you know, at the end of the day, we've got to do what we've got to do. But hopefully people are still being sensible and... Uh, Drinking beer, that's the yeah. most important thing. But that's the thing, right? Beer, you've still got loads of off-licenses. And to be fair, like, I think early on, the supermarkets ordering out beer, like, in terms of trying to get cases of beer, everybody was stockpiling. But, you know, in terms of, like, getting a few varieties, most of the, the local ones we go to for this kind of thing anyway have loads of beer and loads of variety, loads of choices. Well, with the beers that were actually used, featured in this episode as well, uh, I'd already got uh one of the beers each already but the rest had actually come from a local off license because they've been obviously allowed to open up for uh, essential work so why not go and support the little man on the corner rather than the big chain yeah but that's me yeah no. also you get some okay. proper random runs which uh you, you'll see uh, later on one of which is very lively still <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah that'll be good I think one thing we we did want to mention as well which we'll, we'll mention now um we're looking at uh properly setting up our own taps so we're going to try and make sure every beer we've ever done individually we're going to put our own reviews on there and go through all the beers we've done on the podcast and keep it up to date so you know if you are a fan of beers and you want to keep along with us and try and taste some of the ones we've tasted and and see what you think you know compared to how we reviewed it then we're going to have that set up and that'll be shared probably on our social media pages so if you just keep an eye on that we'll share all the relevant links to it and stuff so yeah because i've already started on uh mine which then gave me that uh, offer for yeah. the beer 52, which I've, uh, some people following on social media would have seen me unboxing that one. Um, yeah, so I've already started. Obviously, there's quite a few for us to go back and try and remember exactly what we said about it as well. So, uh, but yeah, going forward from this episode onwards, we'll start adding our reviews straight away. And then obviously, you can see if you agree or disagree. Uh, yeah, but I've uh, finished off my Trident tested. Uh, oh, James is about to catch up. Chug his, yeah. So we'll move on to the Peter Falk for this episode. Now, this is one that you've had, um, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I've had I this. Um, so this one is called Inhaler, which is a hoppy pale ale, uh, and it's brewed by Magic Rock. I believe this is the one I got from Tesco. They said this was the only one that was uh, actually got from a major supermarket. The rest I've got from the local off-license. Yeah. Um, ooh, now this one is very hazy. Yeah, so I think this has got sediment. So this is actually a vegan-friendly one, I think. Okay. So that's probably why, you know, it is very hazy. Yeah, registered um, by the Vegan Society, yeah, so that makes yeah, sense. Uh, it's got a very similar colour to the Doom Bar, maybe slightly lighter, but again, I think it looks even lighter because it's hazy. Yeah, I would say it's lighter, though, even even in main body colour. It is still a dark colour than what you... Than a lot of the ones you've had so far, though. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to let you try this because I know how much you love hoppy pale ales. Because this will be oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, you're already lovely. already feeling it, right? So I'm just trying to see what very... what hops might be in it if they've got. Them I'm on trying to work out if it's. There's definitely a hint of citrus there. I'm trying to work out if it's going to be more citrusy or more floral. I'm going to go for a swig if you want to. Okay. Okay. 
Well, I was I was looking at the back of the the can just to see uh, if there was a good blurb or anything. But I think quite a lot of these smaller craft, you know, beers when you get them in a can, you don't really get much outside of the art on the can, if I'm honest. So. Okay, so well, on first review, well, if you want to this week while I'm doing this, um, it is extremely hoppy, but not in a bad way. Um, sometimes I think you can have hops just for hops' sake, and it kind of destroys the flavour of the beer. Now, for me, although that is quite bitter. Um, there is there is a slight citrus to it, but there is also floral notes to it as well. But I do think it's nicely balanced. I would say that's more floral than citrusy. I would say I've definitely put some of the citrus in the background though. Mm. Uh, that's really good. I would say compared to a lot of the hoppy pale ales we've had, that is much lighter, much lighter mm. bodied. Um, yeah, it's lighter really bodied than the Doom Bar as well, I think personally. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And that's saying it is it is bitter. Um, but it doesn't have like a really strong hoppy bitter aftertaste, you know. If you compare it to something like punk, for example, which yeah, is my well, standard overly hoppy, beer. which I've said I'm not a massive fan of punk yeah. IPA. I just think it's a bit too overcomplicated. Where I don't know, I think that impact is actually really, really nice. Um, yeah, so there is that. You do get an initial hoppy hit, but I don't think it's anything that particularly lingers. I think you just get those subtle tones that linger afterwards. Um, yeah. No, I quite like that. I think that's really good. Yeah. No, no, I, I think, honestly, of, of the ones we've had so far, and even looking maybe ahead, this is a good summer drink as well for me. This, this is one where if you're sat in the sun, I think you could really enjoy that chilled. So, you know what I'd probably say? Anybody who's actually trying to get into craft beer but doesn't really know where to start, I think that's probably a good a good starting point because... A, it's easily accessible, so you can get it from yeah, yeah. there anyway. Um, it kind of introduces into the complexities that you can get through craft beers, but it's not overly – doesn't bombard your senses. You can still pick yeah, up – Yeah, yeah, it's not too overpowering one way. It's it's kind of a good example of a hockey parallel, but – Yeah, I, I think that's really, really so. nice. And, of course, being vegan-friendly opens up to so many more people as well. Oh, there we go. Lovely. Well – that's a review on the. Oh, I'm calling it impaler. It's inhaler, isn't it? Sorry, I don't apologise. I'm doing a James and saying the wrong uh, words of the world. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that last episode. There we go. Oh, it's best not up, to mention it. I picked up on so many. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, yeah. So obviously, from the serious notes, we'll go back to a normal rambling. So along entertainment, one thing I've been personally watching and just finished the series of is Star Trek Picard. Don't yep. turn off. I know, I know some people will say Star Trek and be like, oh no, and off. Oh. But no, I think, um, I actually really enjoyed the Star Trek. Now, I am a Star Trek fan generally, but one thing I did enjoy about Star Trek Picard is it's unlike anything that they've ever done before. Um, would you agree? Um, yeah, yeah. I think they definitely didn't follow the kind of conventional Star Trek storylines and i think that was really good i think they focused far more on if i'm honest the character development than they did the, than the fact they were in space yeah which you know normally let's be honest that's what star trek kind of goes for is the sci-fi part of it but you could definitely see those elements in it but it was very much you know a very specific story about you know well the one thing that i found quite different about it was because generally star trek yes you have the big you always have something big outside which is kind of like dramatic space effect just to you know, highlight the fact yeah. that it's outside but then it's generally just dialogue heavy um i thought there was a lot more action in picard than what you'd normally get inside a star trek series 
and also the brutality of it. Um, yeah, yeah, they definitely not held back. Yeah, like. some aspects of it are like you know, my wife was cringing on the sofa while we we're watching it. And, you know, it was some parts are very, very dark, and I, well, a lot of people have said if Gene Roddenberry were still alive, he, you know, there was no chance it would have ever got made. Yeah. But I, I think it would have been such a shame because I've really, really enjoyed it. I thought he was done really, really cleverly. Yeah, no, I, I was really impressed by it. I think what always surprised me as well was it was firstly written to be just like this one series. They've already renewed it for a second series. Yeah. And apparently the original script, when they first started filming, had completely changed by the time they got to the end of the series. Like um, the ending, which we won't spoil, you should definitely watch. Yeah, yeah um, def- de- definitely see it all the way through. If you can, you know, if a little bit confusing at the start, everything does become clearer as it goes on. Yeah. But when Patrick Stewart was filming the ending, he literally read the ending about a day before he's filming the thing. Like that's how much it had changed by the time he'd done it. And it's such a good ending as well, in my opinion. Like it's really, it's really well done. Yeah, so, I didn't know that. I didn't know it had changed that dramatically. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, was, there was, was a lot of influences from cast members as well. So Well, I think that's the thing. Like a lot of the cameos from some of the characters and stuff were literally people who turned up on the set on the day and filmed something without really ever being part of the script and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay. Um, and just showed kind of <clears throat> how much everybody wanted to film something for the fans and, and do this kind of really fan service product. Um, and everybody got involved and I thought that was really good. So, yeah, if you're a fan of Star Trek, you definitely do it. If not, it's a good one. Yeah, to get I, into. I don't think even if you're a fan of Star Trek, I don't think that actually makes any difference. If you're just like a, a good action espionage, yeah, I would yeah, you say. Yeah. I'd, I'd, Definitely give it a blast. Uh, it's no, a bit more covert than some of the others. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so. yeah. There's, there, there's less, um, they're less obvious about what they're doing. Isn't there? There's a lot more sneakiness too. But again, as you watch it, that they explain why. Uh, but yeah, another thing that's obviously launched now: Disney Plus. Now Disney I've Plus, started, I think we've both signed up to it, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I've watched the first episode of The Mandalorian. I believe you watched them all. I watched them all when they came out in America, legally, of course. But, of course, um, yeah. I mean, you've never mentioned anything about streaming services at all, James. No, um, but it's uh, it was really good. <laughs> and it is, it's one of those where it's that typical thing. And I think this is what I'm really looking forward to, some of the Marvel TV shows that will be coming to Disney Plus in the future. It is very much this movie standard product, but put into TV series form. You get a lot better character development from it than a two-hour movie, and you know because it's stretched out over eight hours of content. And uh, I think it's really good, and I think you know it really expands upon the universe and kind of the way it ties in with the overall Star Wars movies and stuff like that in the background. If you if you know the lore and stuff, it's really impressive. So I don't know any of the lore. Yeah, uh, and I'm not a massive fan of the films either. Yet I still found that first episode really enjoyable. Again, because it's different to the whole traditional Star Wars feel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, was, always, uh, I was always an Empire man. I'm not going to lie. Uh, what's the director's name? John uh, Favreau. John Favreau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's, you know, at the end of the day, some of our favourite movies and things like Iron Man and some of the uh, like yeah, Marvel he, he's movies, he's had some good influence. Exactly. Um, and that's the point. Like, you, you have some really good, good directing talent in there that, you know, you're going to get those similar tones that we like from some of the other movies and stuff like that. And, you know. One thing I do like about John Favreau um, productions is generally he's not afraid to try something different. Anyway, yeah. If work is still, if he thinks it's good enough for the actually benefit the story, he'll still have a go. Now, to be fair, most of the things he's done do work, although they're against convention. So, yeah, I personally, I'm interested to see what the rest of the series look. Obviously, you already know. Yeah. But, yeah. 
yeah, we won't talk about anymore. There you go. But yeah, Disney Plus, I think, is really good. I, I think it shows how other companies who have a lot of rights to a lot of movies and TV shows might be able to do their own streaming service in the future. Um, I think my, my main worry with it is, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of content in there. I mean, all the Disney and Pixar films, there's loads of Fox stuff now as well in there, like the Simpsons TV series and all that stuff. It's great, but at the end of the day, if you're already paying £8 a month to this one streaming service, £8 a month to this other streaming service, suddenly you're paying more than you're paying for your own TV for all the streaming services. That's one and, thing that really annoys me as well. Yeah. Spiraling costs. Yeah, and, and something like Disney is great to start with, for me, it's how they keep up with content, you know, and I think one thing that you will never get with Disney is a whole TV series launching in one go. You know, let's say you want to uh, watch it for the WandaVision stuff, the Vision and Wonder yeah. uh, Marvel TV show. It will be like eight episodes, one a week. That spreads across two months to make sure that you sign up for two months because they don't want somebody signing up for a week or a month watching the entire TV series in one go and then just cancelling. So they are purposely spreading it across. Whereas I think something like Netflix is much more well-established, has a lot more content, a lot more continuity in terms of continuous content going into it, that most of the TV series they release, you can watch the entire series. And I think, you know, the whole point of a good TV series is something you want to watch an episode of and think, I need to know what happens next. And, you know, I think we've got to a point now where people don't really like waiting a week for the next episode. They want to know what's going to happen. And, you know. But even Netflix are changing their philosophy and they so they're not going to release yeah. anything in the same go they're going to do weekly releases which again which is something started by they, they do it on the, it depends on the the tv show itself and okay. i think the other thing you've got is i can understand if you know it's done by a big tv production and they're doing it the same way they do the television show yeah um but i think you do get to this weird point where like the disney plus example mandalorian they've released one episode a week in america so they've already like it's already out there as a as a full tv series so you you would have thought they would just release it in a block but weirdly they've released it in a block in some other countries it's something like random like argentina for example they got the entire show in one go whereas over here because they want to upsell it and get it stretched out they've released it per episode so it's how they can maximize the profit i suppose across as many months but uh, i always find it weird when different countries have those different weird rules of how they release content and kind of drip feed it a little bit but um, I think we probably should move on to the next around the world. What a very abrupt ending to that conversation. <laughs> yeah, well, to fair, but quickly touch on Disney Plus before we actually move on. Um, I only bought Disney Plus because, A, my wife is a massive Disney fan. Um, and I was interested in some of the shows that were coming. She is quite special, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. Well, it is your sister, so... <laughs> It's fine. Says more about you. Um, yeah, but... not genetic though. So it's fine. <laughs> I'm safe. I'm safe. Yeah, I have seen the genes in your family though. So, uh, yeah, they're a bit ripped. I think Disney Plus. I think it's quite. I bought it because it was on an offer for forty nine ninety nine for the twelve months. And I thought it would, that was quite a decent offer. Beyond that twelve months, though. I'm not too sure where it's going to stand, but it is like you were saying, like what content is going to be on there. Because if you're literally just paying solely for the Disney films and these couple of new TV shows, it does work out to be a lot of money. Now, I know Disney's expensive anyway, but, you know, what's going to trigger you to actually save, uh, you know, keep on subscribing to it rather than just binning it off? 
it'd be interesting to see, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not overly... Well, that, it's a nice, slick service. There's plenty on there. I mean, at the moment, for the people locked down, it's a perfect thing to have, but... Yeah. You know, I think the fact that you've got Disney and Marvel is like one thing and Pixar kind of thing. You've got a good variety of things there. I think if you've yeah. got children's stuff like that, it, there is a massive backlog of movies, TV shows and stuff like that you can watch. And I think during isolation, there is a lot of random rubbish on there that you can just put on there, back, which is quite good. No, but it is, you know, as good as some of the TV shows are from like the 90s, like you've got all the DuckTales on there and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, when I was... When I was younger, I loved watching it, but you know, it's not something I'm going to sit down and watch the entire series of straight away. Um, I'm guessing by your eyes, you poured the beer. <laughs> yeah, uh, so we're, we're moving on to the wild card very briefly. Sorry, just to bring everybody up to date. Um, so this is called uh, St. Bernardus, uh, and it's called Pata Six, which is an Abbey Ale. Now, I've poured it into my glass, and I can only really describe it as an eruption of foam. Yeah, this is where we need video, right? <clears throat> just the, the expression of your like shock and pure horror. Well, at the moment, we're awful? struggling with just audio, so uh, baby steps. <laughs> baby steps. <laughs> Social distancing, James. Social distancing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll let you have a go on this one first. So this is Belgian. Uh, now, it is quite strong. We've got 6.7% in volume. Uh, yeah, none of it's in English. So... Can you not, can you not speak uh, Belgium? Well, what language is Belgium then? I mean, there are some that in... Uh... What, bottle yeah, fermented? I mean, That's the studio. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> the water, barley, malt, sugar, hot Yeah, the, 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 instru- the ingredients Ooh. are uh, in English. Briefly. <laughs> um... Okay, so water, barley, malt, sugar, hops and yeast. That is literally the full breakdown we've got. Um... Well, you haven't recoiled having a sip of it. I haven't so. recoiled. I mean, the thing is, St. Bernardus do a few different beers. I think I've tried a few of them. Um, personally, I I, I've, I've had a few Do I call this Abbey a wild card, before. I called this a wild card, didn't I? This is not the wild card. Yeah, it's, it's around the no, world. No, it's around the world. I around do apologize. The world. Yeah, Belgium. I do apologize. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. It, I think I got massively confused when I poured it. <laughs> yeah, because both are very active. Um, yeah, and funny enough, this isn't the, the lively bottle of beer either, so... Yeah, I've I've had a few Abbey ales in the in the kind of past, and I don't know. I for me, I'm I'm a fan of things like stouts. Okay, and I would say if I was going to compare this to a, a particular type, it would probably be more of a stout. Great. Okay. As I've said previously, I'm not a massive fan of stouts. I think this is a lot lighter than the most stouts. Okay, it's not as full. It yeah, it's not doesn't as look or smell like a stout. Yeah, yeah, it's not as full body, does it? But if I was going to compare it to, because Abbey ales are a bit random, you know. What, what's it historically? Abbey ales are called Abbey ales literally because they're just made in an abbey with basic. You can taste things. the alcohol. Yeah, exactly. No, um, I, in terms of, I don't mean in terms of flavour. I don't think it's great. <laughs> it's not as bad as I was expecting because the second you said stout, I was like, Ugh. but I, I see what you mean. There's a couple of tones in there you'd expect to associate with a stout mm. beer. Weirdly, it's the sweetness at the end. It's got like, yeah, this sweet quite- aftertaste. It's a lot lighter than what you'd expect. But then, yeah, there's, there's a sweet trickle that goes down the back of your neck. I mean, you can taste the alcohol as you hit it, but you might... It's a, it's a really weird balance through it. But now, I'm not too... Obviously, this is the first... I think it's probably one of the first ABLs I've ever tried. Um, I'll probably drink more, but I don't pay attention. You know what I mean? Anything random. Um, yeah, it's, it's very... 
it's weird to describe, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is which makes it very hard for a podcast, doesn't it? When you when you <laughs> yeah, when you're trying to review beers, yeah. Yeah, but I, I know what you mean. It is it is much lighter. It's not a, kind of a, a strong taste to it in any regard. The sweetness at the end, I think, is 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 quite good, and it's probably one of the same graces of it. Because outside of that, there isn't really much of a distinct flavour to it, in my opinion, either. Um, you know, probably the best things. way I would describe that is a cross between the subtle, the subtle parts of a stout combined yeah. with Newcastle Brown Ale. That is literally probably the best way I can describe that. See, I know what you mean with the Newcastle Brown Ale. But, yeah, but it's, I, it's, got, it's got that feel yeah. of the Newcastle Because Newcastle Brown, um, anybody who's had it before, it's kind of like a... It's kind of like a spin on a mild, isn't it, really? So you still get like some yeah. of the fruit sweetiness from it, but it is still relatively strong for what type of um, drink it is. Um, yeah, that's... I definitely got tones of a stout, but not the yeah. parts of the stout I don't like. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. <clears throat> I'm actually quite enjoying that a lot more than I thought I would. Genuinely, <laughs> when you second a stout, I was like, great. Another six pound down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a whole idea of uh, us doing this podcast in the first place, isn't it? So we can try different things that we've never tried before. Exactly. You, you can try an Abbey Ale. Yeah, well, I have no idea what Pater Six means. Whether it's uh... Peter Six, probably. Well, that's the only thing I can think of. Whether it's Saint Peter. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a probably a good. There's probably a really interesting story behind it. And you know what? I just don't care. Search it <laughs> online, you'll find it. You know. Patter is in P A T E R. There yeah. you go. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I would, I generally <laughs> would say I would have a look and post it on social media, but I've said that previous episodes and I haven't done it. So I'm not going to lie now. Yeah. The intention was there, but it just never came to fruition. Um, yeah. Is there anything you want to add to about that beer then, James? No, if honest, it's weird, right? In terms of flavour, because it is so. It's so non-distinct and very subtle in most regards, like the sweetness, the bitterness, or whatever. Like it is, it's very subtle. It, it's very hard to review. And I think, if honest, it, it's like reviewing a tried and tested again, kind of thing. It is very hard to to really say anything that is a distinct feature of it. Well, I say because I've never really, or I don't remember having an Abiel previously. I don't really know exactly what an Abiel is trying to be, but that's probably the best way I'd describe this. It doesn't really know what box is trying to tick. It's just a couple yeah. of things that it likes from different areas and just throwing to the bottom where we go. But yeah, that, after can't... that initial swig, I could taste the alcohol straight away. But then every sip, sip since that, I yeah. don't feel it as much. Would you agree? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I think it doesn't taste like a 6.7% beer, in my opinion. So, because no. it, it does taste, it tastes quite light and quite sweet. So, yeah, I'm definitely enjoying that a lot more than I thought I would. So, yeah. Well, that's pretty much our review of uh, the St. Barnabas Putter 6. There we go. So, I think you did want to mention some of the NFL and XFL, didn't you? Yeah, so. well, we'll start with the XFL first, because unfortunately that's going to be the shortest and negative part of it. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yesterday the XFL announced that they had let go of all their employees uh, with no view to bringing the sport back in 2021 which for me I think is a crying shame because I actually really enjoyed the XFL. Um, I really enjoyed it I was not surprised <clears throat> one bit when it happened uh, I think the problem is it's not the best funded 
let's be honest. And I think, you know, for them, the minute they had to do this kind of thing because the whole isolation and well, lockdown, that, that is, that it, it makes it untenable, right? So, they have you know, and that. hopefully, you know, the, the fact is they haven't said it's never coming back. They just said specifically 2021. And so the hope is they can raise capital and keep people going. I think the issue they're going to have is keeping some of the players. And to be fair, they had got some good players and some good talent in there. Um, and it would have been nice to see some of them maybe develop in, in that kind of environment. But well, they haven't actually know. ruled out 2021. They've just said it's unlikely. Um, it's unlikely. But then again, the whole league is unlikely. Um, the thing I is, in terms think... of funding, it, it's not the most expensive to fundraise. So I'm hoping that somebody might be able to step in and try and keep it going. Well, the, day, it, the main the main financier is Vince McMahon, who is the yeah. man who owns WWE. Now, WWE have gone through a struggle as well, which has wiped off a lot of his... Uh, money initially. I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't feel sorry for the bloke. He's still got two billion in the bank. Um, but in comparison, like basically, since the, uh, yeah. the end of last year, he's basically essentially lost a billion of worth. So obviously, that's I, I say money, but that's realistically in, in estates or holdings and companies. So that's going to have an impact on businesses. Um, yeah. <clears throat> With the XFL, I the, I genuinely believe it would have been fine if they were managed if they managed to see it the season, because the way they'd set it up, I think it would have had enough comeback money wise to kind of see it through this year. Next yeah. year would have been a lot more profit, and then hopefully it would have actually grown as a sport, um, actually feeding into the NFL, giving players such as PJ Walker um, NFL contracts and stuff because he yeah. just signed with um, Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Backup. So I think that's quite a good. There's some a lot of players have actually signed NFL contracts. So although they didn't earn a lot from the XFL, I think you know it's showcased that their talent. Well, yeah, just yeah. having that one chance and you know it not working out sometimes highlights that actually sometimes you need more than one chance. You know, yeah, yeah. There were some yeah. really really good players in that. Some people were massively overrated, but that's. That's nature. Well, sport, I think it? it's just unfortunate this whole thing because I think this time round it seems to be a lot better in terms of infrastructure, in terms of actually the way they'd set it up compared to last time. Also, what they actually so, wanted to be, they yeah, wanted to be yeah. a official, genuine league rather than a competitor. And, yeah, yeah and, and, exactly. But it's also the people that don't get that second opportunity. You now that for me, that's the sad part because you now the AAF has gone, the XFL looks unlikely to ever return these players who actually do have potential before whatever reason hasn't worked out where do they get their shot you know yeah. it's uh, and that's what for me i find really sad um but unfortunately we'll we'll obviously keep a tab on it but personally i don't think it's going to survive beyond 2020 which is a crying shame yeah um, no, I, I doubt it no but from that sad note, we'll move into the NFL, which is literally about the only sporting news we've got <laughs> at the moment, which is free agency has started up, so there's lots of big twists and turns. Uh, anybody who's like listened to us speak about sport before, um, all the big the New England Patriot fans were like, yeah, yeah, Tom Brady's staying. Stay, he's going to stay. Why would he leave anywhere else? So he signed with Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which has uh, annoyed most of them, which obviously makes me happy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I love the fact that uh, he said pretty much before the start of last um, basically decided before the start of last season that he, he wasn't going to play in New England again so yeah. all them people that have bought like was it Tom Brady's the biggest selling jersey last year or something so yeah, yeah. 
Um, there'll be lots of fans crying into that now. Uh, but you, can, you can't have it every week, can you? So, you know, they've oh, had 20 fine. years of what a lot of people class as the greatest of all time. Personally, I don't think he's. Uh, I think he's the most successful. I think he's very clever in what he's done, but I don't think he's the best. I think there's far more talented quarterbacks out there. My personal opinion, nobody else's. But, you know, you can't argue what he's achieved at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I think that is the thing. I think that Tom Brady is one of those people that a lot of people love to hate. <laughs> um, Me included. But at the same time, you know, he's, he's definitely got talent. So, oh, I mean, he, he came as a six-round draft pick. Um, nobody ever thought he'd do anything. He came in for Drew Bledsoe when they Bledsoe. I can't even say it. Bledsoe. Yeah. Anyway, he came in for that when he got injured. Um, and basically never get the shirt up again. So yeah, he, <laughs> and he still got it right. He kept going, and, and yeah. No, so I was, at uh, the same time, I don't really care about Tom Brady, so you know I'm more well, than happy to not talk about him. Yeah, I'm not actually that bothered. I mean, I just want to wind up Lee, really. Uh, but well, to be fair, I actually do. Obviously, I follow the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second so team, so I'm more of an intrigue to see what happens behind the scenes in that one. Um, I think they'll still draft a quarterback in this particular draft and they've been well, this, this is the only news game. we really have in terms of sporting because it's the only thing going on is is how teams <laughs> are building and preparing for yeah. when we finally come back um i haven't really heard any news in terms of some of the closed off games potentially happening uh, or anything like that in terms of that infrastructure um you know something like nfl they're just not going to do that i think but you know i think there are other sports that are definitely considering it for potential things they might do some like training games or something or something i think nfl something, but... should be timed late enough hopefully the, that it should be unaffected yeah. an, or just a slight delay yeah whereas um other sports obviously such as the like nba nhl um their mid-season i, I just can't see them happening uh, english football spanish football that type of stuff i just yeah I, yeah i can't i can't see how the, anybody's got to fit them in in time with what's happening you know even if people actually do stick to the rules and stuff and it kind of yeah, you know, finishes early. Well, things. It, it, the question is that closed off game, right? And whether or not that, that that would work. And the thing is, even if that does happen, I think we've talked about how is that going to be funded in terms of the subscriptions? Are you going to have to pay pay to view basically individual games, or you know, who has the rights to those and stuff? Like that it'll get very complicated very quickly. And I think you know, I don't think it's necessary what the fans really want. Like I know fans yeah. want sport, but I don't think that's the way they want it and I you know um I would say for now just keep watching Marble Run you know um <laughs> Marble Races Marble Racing is just as good right hey so. Marble Racing is good it's <laughs> kept me occupied for quite a lot of time really um I've even been like, watching old games and stuff on BT Sport you just old games honestly is is the important thing right I know uh, BBC keep showing the odd random rugby or in England football game uh from different years and I think um We've, we've been watching, so you've got the NHL, which is all there now from last year. Uh, I think NFL Game Pass is now free for everybody, so you can watch yeah. all the NFL games. And I think that's the important thing. This is time for, for people who might not be a fan of the sport to actually try and understand it. You've got a lot of time to, to watch some of the great games and, and try and figure out you know, how the game works and, and what, what team to, <laughs> to really like in terms of some of the different skills. Um, Excuse me. Yeah. <clears throat> Fair enough. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I'm randomly choking on beer. Uh, oh, that's fine. <laughs> what you can always do, though, is do what Dana White's trying to do, the owner of the UFC, and he's trying to buy an island so people can fight on it. I mean, it doesn't sound like uh, Mortal Kombat at all, does it? 
<laughs> it, it is getting to that point though like a video game like monkey knife fights on a cruise boat somewhere like well, there's, there's um there's a bloke called boss logic who basically creates like fan what fans want out of uh tv programs and films or just general folk stuff yeah and he created a picture of doing a white looking like uh shang Tsung of um, Mortal Kombat <laughs> and I'm not going to lie it was bang on the money yeah, bang on. and the fact he oh, like, locked it up in like 24 hours as well you're like that, that kid has skill I was, I was very impressed oh, but yeah I mean that's literally a whole sport section really um <laughs> there's there's not really a lot we can talk about is there so but the important thing is we can we can move on to the beer that I'm most looking forward to yeah so this is the um, wild card this actually is the wild card not like I said previously yeah. when I was yeah. at the end of the world it actually is the wild card uh so when we actually both myself and James open this bottle um I think lively is probably the best term we can say James what do you think yeah, it's definitely lively. I mean, it's one of those where the heat isn't helping it. It's it's bottled conditioned. It's a stout. You've got it's a stout, bottled conditioned, but this has been in the fridge for like 24 hours. And it was like, no one touched it. And it still just went absolutely everywhere. When it's a very it. lively beer. It's it's very, lively. Yeah, so this is uh, by Boundary, uh, which is a cooperative brewery um, from Belfast. Means to an end. Yeah, I just saw the name and thought, why not? So I didn't actually look at what the beer was. And then obviously you told me it was a state after I managed to get them to you. And I was like, well, this is going to go interestingly, isn't it? Uh, so it looks like a stout. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. As I poured that, treacle is probably the best way I can describe yeah. the way that poured. Um, so on the bright side, if we don't like the taste of it, we can uh, fix some roofs or mend some roads with it. Uh, yeah, I'll let you have a go first. Well, I see, I, I normally... <laughs> I, I... So stout is one of the things that I have like a really love-hate relationship with, right? Stout is tends to be one of those drinks I have towards the end of the night. Guinness, I'm a massive fan of. Um, but there are quite a lot of stouts I just don't like because some of them are too sweet or too strong. And I think for me, like, I, I like a stout more like a mild in terms of yeah. creaminess, if that makes sense, rather than... Oh, the, the, the creamy analogy's back, is it, James? The creamy analogy. <laughs> it makes sense, all right? To me, it makes sense. Um but let's just go for it. Uh, It it smells very, very strong. It is 5.9%. Now, there's not an instant recoil. It's not a recoil. You are chewing it. Um, Yeah, it's it's sweet again. I don't know. Sweet? It's bitter and sweet. It tastes sweet. With the nose on that, I would not say there was any sweetness going to be in that drink at all, because as you smell it, there is a very distinct, sharp bitterness just to the nose. I think think you need to try it, because I would say there is a definite sweetness to it. Um, It does smell sweet in the sight, does it? Well, no, but I, you know, this is part of the reason I don't like a lot of those random uh, dessert ice cream sundae stout beers that you get, because you normally so fourteen goes. Yeah, <laughs> you normally get real sweetness with real strength, and I just find it a very weird combination. And it it it, it just feels very heavy. I'm curious what your notes is. You were recoiling a bit there. No, I wasn't recoiling. Sure. It was as I took a swig, the sensation of the smell went straight up my nose. So literally, I just like it was like I've been lifted off the chair. <laughs> Okay. That is a very strange drink. Do you get the sweetness though that I'm talking about? Yes, I know what you mean. It's not yeah. a sweet, not hasn't got the, quite the same kind of sweetness as that patter six. Um, it's that's a very confusing drink. 
I thing is, it, it tastes strong initially for me. It's got this very weird aftertaste that I consider to be quite sweet, but kind of sickly kind of aftertaste. Now, actually, I don't mind that aftertaste anywhere near as much. If and genuinely, before we started, as soon as I realised your state, I was like, I'm going to hate this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, with that, that second swig, now I'm a bit more prepared of what it's actually going to taste like. Um, I actually don't mind that. You don't mind it? Okay, no, this, is, this actually, is interesting. So, when, and you, you know me, I'm not a massive stout drinker in any way, shape or form. If there's generally anything else apart from stout, I'll pick it because it just, I just find it... Can't, I don't really know what the words to say. It's just never my go-to in any way, shape or form. I think generally a lot of mainstream stouts are quite heavy to drink, heavy-bodied. Um, analyzing. Yeah, it's it's one of those where it, it's not the worst style I've ever had, but at the same time, it, it's not a particularly great one either. I could probably have a glass of it and be absolutely fine and drink it. It's drinkable, but um, I definitely wouldn't have much of it. And it wouldn't really be one that I went to, that's for sure. Mm, I, I think I would have that again. But okay. again, it's one of those ones you could have a bottle. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You definitely couldn't have more than one. Um, but if you did want to join, again, I'd probably associate that more of a winter. So I'll probably have a bottle of that, and then, but then I'd probably go straight on to Doombar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah so you got something different. Okay, they hit some notes. Cool. A bit different. Cool. Rest of the night, three or four points of Doombar. I think it, it just feels a lot heavier than the rest as well. I think that's the thing, because actually the St. Bernardus was better for me. Um, just because that it felt lighter. That's, are you, are you, you going know. straight to the review train uh, review part of the uh, episode already? Oh, I, I can do. To be fair, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't doing that. I was just. I mean, it's, it's what you normally do. It's like start reviewing and then we come to the review part. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Okay. Um, I normally go for the one I like the most. I think to the, to the one I hate the most. But okay, I think so I'm going to do it the other way around. Uh, so the well, one I hate go... the most. Okay. Is I think I can pick this one already. Is going to be the boundary means to an end. I figured that. Okay. Um, honestly, I would say I, all of them I've actually enjoyed. Like, normally there's one that I'm like, Jesus Christ, I recoil at it. Ne- neither right? of us have actually recalled on any of these, to be fair. Yeah, so which is quite strange. All, they're all very nice. And if you want to try a different variety of different beers, it's actually a good sample, in my opinion, for a few different types. And, you know, all of them are very pleasant. Uh, but I would definitely put Boundary at the bottom. Uh, St. Bernardus would be next. Personally, I'm just not a massive fan of uh, Abbey Ale, sorry. Um, It was a little bit lighter, a little bit sweeter than I thought it would be, and actually it was a lot more pleasant. So, you know, I I did enjoy it. Um, It would then be the Doom Bar, because the Doom Bar, very consistent beer, very enjoyable. But for me, that inhaler, hoppy pale ale, very good. Um, Not too overly hoppy, and I do like pale ales, so that's definitely the favourite for me. Yeah, well, for me, I mean, to be fair, I could call that straight away just from the yeah, reactions. Yeah. I knew that that was the way. You yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, I, I me, don't keep it subtle. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, so for me, the main—they're actually quite close for me. Now, normally, there's quite an extreme one I really like, one I really don't like. These are yeah. a lot closer than what I was kind of expecting. So for me, the boundary means to an end is bottom, but it was a lot more enjoyable than what I thought it would be. Um, Next, third place, I would put the Doom Bar. Okay. Uh, mainly because, again, it's not, although it's a nice, enjoyable drink, it's 
it is you kind of know what you're getting it's not going to set your world on fire but it is an enjoyable drink yeah yeah i'll then put the saint bernardus next okay um i actually really enjoyed that i thought i was actually quite a nice balanced drink um towards the end once i kind of knew what to expect the initial part was i had no idea what it was going on with but actually as the as those flavors settled on my palate um i actually really found that enjoyable and then unfortunately james we have to have some agreements the inhaler some agreement for a change i mean honestly i could tell that you you liked it and I think compared to a lot of the hoppy pale ales, considering it's got hoppy in the name, it wasn't that hoppy. In the yeah, well, like normally, hoppy. if it's only so, hoppy, I don't like it as much. Yeah. But yeah. actually, I saw, so, although there, it was a very hoppy drink, it was nicely balanced, which yeah. is the most important part, really. So, yeah. Um, it's very rare but, that we're in almost agreement. I think the Doom Bar and St. Bernardus, for as we put a kind of kind of that middle ground together, yeah, like, yeah. that... You've got a very consistent one that you know you could drink quite a lot. This kind of newer taste, and it is just whether or not which way you're leaning. But they're both very good, and fair, they're all they're all good beers. Yeah, even the Bambi so, means to an end, I would still have yeah, again. Yeah. It's just I yeah. out of the ones that we've got just to review here, uh, I personally would I just think it was the yeah. weakest out of all of them. But that's because I don't. Mm. The, the other issue I always have, right, is when when you're reviewing beers, it's the time of day you're, you're reviewing them. It's the weather. You know, it's a lot hotter right now. So for yes, me, yes, I want yes. something a lot more chilled. So yeah, you don't immediately want to... something like the Hoppy Pale or the Abbey Ale that is a lot sweeter and a lot lighter feels a lot better. Um, whereas I think if we did this in winter, when yeah. it's quite cold, something like a stout like the Means to an M would actually probably be rating a lot higher. And, and it is one of those sad truths when you're trying to compare them against each other, but you know, and try and be as fair as possible. But yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Well, hopefully, this recording has worked and we haven't got to do it all again. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll find out shortly. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, hopefully, we'll try and get another episode to you as soon as we can. Uh, obviously, with current climate, it everything is up in the air but we'll hopefully get something sorted soon um, well hopefully if this has worked it's a proof of concept that we can record them yeah more we'll, often, so. we'll have, i've still got some other ones to try just in case anyway so but yeah thank you very much and hopefully we'll see speak to you again soon